We'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for January 6th, 2013. Next report, uh, this is entitled Gun Stores Inundated Bear Walls and Lines. One Twitter comment in the aftermath of the Newtown, Connecticut school shooting is summed up the perspective of Americans on guns. And it said, quote, if you want to see what a grocery store looks like prior to hurricane to a hurricane, drop by your local gun store today. Bare walls and lines. Okay, so this is how the response of um, that America has given to all of this. The ones, obviously, that are pro-Second Amendment. The circumstances developed because Americans appear to not be ready to wait for Washington's policy discussion on guns. And it says, quote, We have never seen anything like this, Larry Hyatt, owner of a North Carolina shop, told ABC News. Quote, We have the Christmas business, the honey season business, and now we have the political business. End of quote. Next report. The results are in. More guns sold mean fewer gun deaths and injuries. This is all statistical facts. It isn't a firearm statistic that liberal progressives and gun gun banners, meaning they want to ban guns, like California Senator Dianne Feinstein want us to hear, but it is true nonetheless. According to the most recent statistics, the more guns that have been sold in the golden state of California, the fewer gun deaths and injuries there have been. More guns sold, Fewer gun deaths and injuries. Okay, According to the state's office of the Attorney General, gun dealers sold around 600,000 guns last year, which was nearly double that that was sold in 2002. According to these figures compiled by department officials. These are all official statistics. During the same period of time, however, the, num- quote, the number of California hospitalizations due to gun injuries fell by some 4,000 a year to roughly 2,900, which would be about a 25% drop in hospitalizations due to gun injuries. Now, you would think, well, more guns on the, more guns out there being sold, more gun-related injuries. No, it fell by 25%. And this was according to hospital records collected by the California Department of Public Health. Can't say you're biased. Meanwhile, the Attorney General's office said the number of deaths from firearms fell from 3,200 to about 2,800 a year, which is an 11% decline. And this is according to California Health Department figures. There's more. Data show that the number of injuries and deaths in the state caused by accidental discharge of firearms has fallen as well, suggesting as one explanation that the instruction in the use of firearms may have improved. Now, also, think about this. These are numbers they're looking at, okay, numbers. Numbers of hospitalizations, numbers of deaths. They're all falling. In the same time that the gun arm, the uh, firearm purchases are going way, way up. Also, think about this, the population is going up at the same time. So if you factor in the increase in population with this, that percentage is even larger. They're not even doing that. Think about that. Who knows how much the population went up? You have to adjust that to get a real true representation. They didn't even do that. <laughs> so, I mean, that that makes it even more impressive. This is from a listener uh, named Larry, uh, who I've known a long time. And um, it's, it's on his firearm training recommendations. 
He said, hello, Brother Scott. I heard your latest teaching and wanted to make some recommendations, if I may, please. Front Sight, which is the group I talked about last time that was um, basically offering to train all teachers in America on concealed weapon, on, on firearm safety, and all that, okay? The Front Sight um, is decent, he says, but the owner is a Scientologist, which I had no idea. And incorporates Scientology teachings in a real subtle way in the classroom environment, which is what these stinking Scientologists always do. There was a thing in, in chiropractic when when I was going through college, and a lot of these guys got wrapped up. It was called Singer, okay? And Singer Chiropractic is based on statistics. Scientology will do a lot of things based on statistics and you know growing your business in a statistical way and. and really micromanaging every aspect, of, and which is what they do to the Scientologists, if you think about it. They micromanage every little aspect of their lives. They're total control freaks. And I was always told to stay away from Singer because it was Scientology, it was bad, it was no good, and I, I avoided them like the plague, and that was before I was even saved. I can remember interviewing for a job way, way early when I had just gotten out of uh, chiropractic college. I interviewed for a job up in Clearwater, Went into this clinic, and I got the creepiest feeling. And these people were all L. Ron Hubbard, Scientology. Um, L. Ron Hubbard was a Satanist, just so you know. He was one of the ones that worked with uh, that Parsons guy from Jet Propulsion Laboratories to do what they called the Babylonian working, where they actually literally were trying to open up a portal to to let the whore of Babylon into our plane of existence. Just like Aleister Crowley, who was their mentor, the beast, the 666 guy, did the Alam trough working, where he invited this entity called Lam, which looks exactly, basically like the modern-day gray alien, into our plane of existence. High-level, high-level witchcraft. L. Ron Hubbard, Satanist, Luciferian, started Scientology. I've done a whole teaching on Scientology. Just key in Scientology in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done one on Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses. Haven't done one on Seventh-day Adventists yet. I'd love to get to that, but just haven't been able to. It's another cult. Um, oh, no, it's not. It's not. It's, no, it's sorry. <laughs> sorry. You look, at the, you look at the formation of Seventh-day Adventism. It was totally, utterly wicked and corrupt. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? All these cults have wicked, corrupt beginnings. Every one of them. So, stay away from them. But, the, it didn't surprise me when he said, the owner's a Scientologist and he tries to incorporate his teachings in a real subtle... Because they're always trying to recruit. You know, they're always trying to shove their theology down your throat. So, I can't recommend them now. And I'm sorry I recommended them last week. I'm not saying you couldn't go there and come away from an unscathed. I, I'm not saying everybody that's coming out of front side is being converted to Scientology. But, you know, it just... I read that. I was like, oh, man. Uh, just... Can't know everything. But then he says, I would not go back just because of that, but please check out these. And he gives three different links to other firearm training schools. And he says, I have experience with all three schools. And this is a Christian brother saying this, and I highly recommend them. They are worth the money. So I give you those three links. I wanted to try to set that right this week um, in this teaching. So... Um, I'm not saying if you're already whatever, I'm not, just be, be aware of it if you end up going to front side. Just be aware, you know, of that. Uh, here's another video I saw. Five guns to buy before a potential ban. 
and these couple of these guys up there who know way more about guns than I'll ever know go over these guns. It ends up being more than five, but just things to think about, you know. And if I was you, I wouldn't buy at no gun store. Sorry. Get in your local periodical, see who has guns for sale, and that's the way if I was you, unless you want a nice big paper trail, you know, so it's it's legal, you can do that, and, you know, if I was you, that's the way I'd go about it, because <laughs> with what's coming, uh, anyway, next article, Harry Reid prepares to annihilate Second Amendment plus proactive measures, the, and this is from Gun Owners of America, it's the only organization I've ever been a part of. Okay, I'm not saying they're flawless by any stretch, but they're about 100 times better in NRA. I will not be a member of NRA. There's no way. They're not, they're not near hardcore. I believe they will cave. I believe, yeah, they've kind of made a show, but I don't think ultimately, I believe they're way too infiltrated uh, ultimately in. Gun Owners of America is, is um, way better regarding a hardcore stance. The Senate under Majority Leader Harry Reid's control is now crusading to implement um, gun bans on semi-automatic firearms and magazines, uh, an effective gun ban on gun shows, changes to the Senate rules which would allow them to ban guns with a mere 50 Senate votes. And again, they're, they're playing a whole lot more in this as well. The last proposal is particularly insidious. Gun grabbers are not going to be able to get 60 votes to break a Senate filibuster for gun control. But with the help of a fake pro-gun Senate Democrats, they may be able to get 50 votes. So the question of whether Senate Democrats will need 50 votes or 60 will determine whether gun control and much of Obama's agenda will be slammed through and passed into law. So this is very, very important. So action. And I give you a link here. It's going to be on page, probably page 13 of the uh of the PDF for this teaching for January 6, 2013. Uh, click here to contact your senators and tell them that the vote on the, it's called the nuclear option, will be the most important gun control vote in the 113th Congress. Now, these are the, this is the same 113th Congress that I just talked about that came out with 10 new draconian gun laws the first day they were back in Senate. And then the other guy's trying to get Obama to have unlimited terms. So... And it says, urge them to vote against the changing of the Senate rules. Tell them to vote against the nuclear option. You may also want to phone the United States Capitol switchboard. Uh, give you the number here. A switchboard operator will contact you directly with the Senate, Senate office you request. And then they, they put out another email. And I, I don't even want to get into the verbiage. If you read, if you click on these links, it basically describes to you why you're sending the senator this particular thing. It, it, it's self-explanatory. Okay, but click here to contact your senators. Demand that they oppose the McCain-Levin package to make gun control easier to pass and to support the Rand Paul Amendment to require two-thirds vote to enact gun control. So those are a couple things. If you want to be proactive, you can do that. Uh, next report. The FBI drowning in counterterrorism money, power, and other resources will apply the term terrorism to any group it dislikes and wants to control and suppress. More evidence of the whole framing mischief by a law. Okay? Just they're they're just gonna keep painting us into a corner where at some point, you know, something's gotta give. Some at some point you're gonna have to draw a line in the sand. 
So, next report. The middle class in America is being wiped out, and here are 60 facts that prove it. I've always said one of the main goals of the Illuminati is to totally wipe out the middle class and have an ultra-elite class and an ultra-poor class, and the ultra-poor class will be totally dependent on the government and therefore totally um, easy to control. That's the whole point of the whole welfare class system, which is growing by the day. I'm not going to get into that, but if you want it, there's the link to it. You can click on it. Just got too many things to report on. Next report. Complexity theorists predict food crisis, riots, and civil unrest in the U.S. by April of 2013. seen a lot of things that spring is a time to really look at. Okay? Because typically, the government, if they're going to get really draconian and do something on a nationwide basis, they typically don't like to do that in the teeth of winter. You know, where you might have, you know, snow on the ground and, and all kind of inclement weather that you might be dealing with here. So, that's something to think about as well, to pray about, most importantly. Another report, scandal alert, Quiet, Congress is quietly abandoning the Fifth Amendment, meet the prominent legislators who think it's okay to throw Americans in jail forever without charges or trial. Again, I'm not even going to get into it, don't have time, but if you want to click on that, which confirms everything that we're getting into today, essentially. Next report. This was a listener comment, and it was, an, it was about the Federal Reserve Act passed in 1913 and Leviticus 1913. To Satan and his evil followers, numbers are important. The Federal Reserve Act was passed in 1913. True. Okay. Woodrow Wilson, I think, was the one that sold us out on that one. The, this year, uh, which was basically a creation of what they plotted on Jekyll Island, okay, um, G. Edward Griffith's book, The Creature of Jekyll Island, if you ever want to know about that, okay, about how we got our modern-day Federal Reserve system, and which prints money out of thin air and there's nothing backing it, well, that's where it, where it all started, Jekyll Island. So it's called The Creature of Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffith, if you ever want to know about that more. So this year is the 100th anniversary of that act, okay, um, Federal Reserve Act. Things appear to be ripe for evil to happen this year. Things like Obama starting a second term that likely attempt to take away all guns. And the year is 13. Remember, 1913, the year the Federal Reserve Act was passed. Leviticus 1913 says, Thou shalt not defraud thy neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with thee all the night until the morning. Okay, now that's Leviticus 1913. The Federal Reserve Act was designed to defraud and to rob. And it's funny, that's what Leviticus 19.13 gets into, and the Federal Reserve Act was formed in the year 19.13. Just an interesting parallel. Okay, I don't have time to go into all the whole stuff with the number stuff, but I thought that that was, that was pretty interesting, the parallels between the two. So, um, let's go further here. The U.S. Senate voted 89-8 to 8 to approve the legislation to avoid the fiscal cliff despite having only three minutes to read the 154-page bill and budget score. Three minutes. They gave him three whole minutes. 180 seconds to read a 154-page bill. Multiple Senate sources have confirmed to cnsnews.com that senators received the bill at approximately 1.36 a.m. on January 1st, 2013, a mere three minutes before they voted to approve it at 1.39 a.m. 
which is the same garbage they always do with these types of draconian things. They pass it near a holiday or around a holiday in the middle of the night, and I think they think that that's going to diffuse things more and, you know, kind of sweep it under the rug. Then it goes on to say, so much for the pledge to post bills online for a 72-hour period before even voting on it. No, no, they didn't post anything online. And they gave them three minutes to read a 154-page bill, and you know none of them could possibly do that. And they voted 89 to 8 to prove it. I guess they, they, they whatever that was put in front of them, they said, well, we're going to vote 89 to 8 in favor of it, even though we haven't read it, we don't know what's in it. You have to pass it to find out, remember that whole thing? The bill is 154 pages and includes several provisions that are unrelated to the fiscal cliff. I've heard they're going to give Hollywood millions because they obviously deserve it. And it also includes a rum tax subsidy deal for Puerto Rican rum makers, which I think should be the priority of the whole country. We need to help those Puerto Rican rum makers out. I mean, come on. If anything, we need to do that. So, going further, there's a little map here, and it shows a 11 states that are highlighted. And these are the 11, quote, death spiral states now have more people on welfare than they do employed. Wow. They have more people on welfare in these 11 states than they do employed. And there's a whole link here for the thing. I'm not going to get into the verbiage, but it's Hawaii, California, New Mexico, Mississippi, Alabama, South Carolina, Kentucky, Illinois, Ohio, New York, and Maine, looks like. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So that's a good sign. Um, particularly, as I said before, they want to get, you know, everybody totally dependent on the government because that, that section, that swath of humanity totally dependent on the government is not going to buck Obama when he comes and says, you need to all do this and you need to all do that. Why? Because they're not going to want to bite the hand that's feeding them. Next report, Obama administration has dropped a bombshell in a recent Hobby Lobby challenge to Obamacare. According to the CNS News report, the Obama administration claims that the First Amendment still allows them to force Christians to violate their religious beliefs, amazingly, even on, this, even on the basis where the life and deaths of innocent human beings is at stake. Americans opposed to Obamacare and fond of the First Amendment should stand behind Hobby Lobby on this one. This is the, the name of the store, Hobby Lobby. A... Um, couple of informative videos about Hobby Lobby's fight against tyranny in Obamacare are down at the bottom of the story. I give you a link here to it. Uh, from the CNS story linked above, we read, In a legal statement formally presented in federal court, in the case of Hobby Lobby versus Catherine Celibus, the Obama administration is claiming that the First Amendment, which expressly denies the government's authority to prohibit the exercise of free speech of religion, nonetheless allows the government to force Christians to directly violate their religious beliefs even on a matter that involves the life and death of innocent human beings. Because, again, you're gonna, there's going to have to come some point where you're like, listen, I'll die before, before I go along with this. You know, As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I don't care how wicked and evil and unjust your laws are. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to obey what the word of God says. I really don't care what you tell me to do. Because I'm going to obey God. Period. In his word. So, going forward forward here. Um, because federal judges, including Supreme Court Justice Sonia 
Sotomayor have refused to grant an injunction protecting the owners of Hobby Lobby from being forced to act against their Christian faith, those same owners will be subject to federal fines of up to $1.3 million per day. This is Obamacare. The wonderful, wonderful world of Obamacare. These owners will be subject to federal fines of up to $1.3 million per day starting Tuesday for refusing to include abortion-inducing drugs in their employee health plan. You better give them that morning-after pill. You better let them kill their own baby. And we're going to force you to do it. We don't care about your First Amendment rights. The Constitution is irrelevant, is what Obama's saying. The most wicked, evil devil, and the most wicked, evil Senate, Congress, you name it, in office right now, and they're up there like they're the moral high ground, legislating morality. The Lord Jesus Christ rebuke every one of those devils from the pits of hell. The Obama administration is making a two-fold argument for why it can force Christians to act against their faith in complying with the regulation it has issued. Under the Obamacare law that requires virtually all health care plans to cover without a copay, meaning there's no money out of your pocket, sterilizations, contraceptives, and abortion-inducing drugs. I wonder why they're so fixated on that. Could it have anything to do with Satan's agenda of kill, st- stealing, killing, and destroying all of humanity? Because that's what it says he comes to do. Because they're of the father of the devil and of his lusts and of his works they will do. I'm sure it has no, no, no bearing. It has no relation to any of that. They're just doing it because they're trying to be, you know, morally upright, evidently. The First Amendment says Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances, protect the First Amendment support, and it's saying CBLDF. The last we knew, the First Amendment was still in effect in America. Has that been taken away too, along with the government's attempt to take away our Second Amendment? Is this what happens once they take away Americans' right to protect ourselves via our Second Amendment? Remember what I said? Everything hinges on the Second. Our First Amendment right hinges on the Second. I understand God is in control. The Lord Jesus Christ is on the throne, ever seated next to God the Father Almighty, ever making intercession for the saints. Okay, I'm not saying that's not, but I'm, I'm saying from a legal standpoint. Is this what happens once they take away the Americans' right to protect ourselves via the Second Amendment? Armed workers from the IRS coming to your door to enforce Obamacare. Did you know the IRS is going to be the the legal thug agents that enforce Obamacare? Did you know that? Yeah, the most wicked, evil government faction I know of, just about, IRS, right up there at the top, are going to be the very arm of wickedness that enforces Obamacare. What a match made in hell that is. I mean, I really feel a Hallmark moment building here. A a group hug, possibly. A group satanic hug. Anyway, so, yeah. It's kind of why I went over those verses at the very start of this teaching. Kind of to get ourselves in the right frame of mind. Because this stuff is, this stuff's maddening. You know, it's it's just pure evil, what we're dealing with here. Here's one. Um, According to police, Derek... Fisick phoned Mark Simka, pastor of Matthias Lot Church on Sunday, and threatened to burn down the church 
and to look the pastor in the eyes and tell him to pray to God right before he puts a bullet in his head. End of quote. He further threatened Christianity and all of its followers, police said. Court records say that Fisic practices witchcraft in a type of out-of-body experience, probably um, astral projection is what it is, which, I mean, if you're in astral projection, that's some heavy-duty, high-level uh, satanic stuff there, witchcraft-wise. While, and he says, while engaging in them, he says, meaning practicing witchcraft and astral projection, he says, while engaging in them, he says demons tell him what to do, and he must obey. He told authorities that he was very dark and evil fascinated him. I mean, he's a fun guy, you know, he's a typical fun guy. And he also said he went to church on 12-12-12 as a guest of the regular church attendee, which would make sense because people that are into high-level witchcraft typically will do everything from an astrological date-setting standpoint. You know, that's how they celebrate the satanic calendar that just so happens to coincide with the holidays of America, like Xmas and Ishtar and Halloween and Valentine's Day and all this other fun stuff. Okay, um, j- before I go any further, uh, Taylor wanted me to correct myself on the whole First Amendment. It says part of the Constitution, but specifically part of the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. Okay, I left that Bill of Rights part out. So anyway, anyway, I just want to clarify that. So let's go further. Um, guilty... Um, let's go further here. Guilty of ritual sex abuse, Morris S. Cornish of the white witches are guilty of ritual sex abuse on girls. Two members of the Cornish White Witch Coven have been convicted of carrying out ritualistic sex abuse of young girls. Peter Petroluski, 72 years old, who claimed to be a high priest in Jack Kemp, 69, donned robes and carried pagan artifacts while they attended ceremonies during which children were forced to strip and then abused. Police believe children as young as three may have been involved. The abuse only emerged after Kemp was arrested on an unrelated charge, prompting victims of past offenses to come forward. The pair showed little emotion as they were led from the dock at Turo Crown Court on Friday. I mean, these guys are just demon-possessed of the toenails. I mean, they're just, they're vessels of Satan. That's all they are. They're tares. Like the wheat and the tares, they're just evil. And they love evil. And this is unfortunately going to become more and more the norm with things. And again, as I talked, started off about this guy wanting to kill and burn down, you know, this church and all this stuff, and then now this, and then here we have an article entitled Encounters with Black-Eyed Kids. Now, I've talked about this before. Unfortunately, I couldn't locate the teaching that I did on the black-eyed children. Or the partial teaching I did on it. I couldn't locate it in, for some reason, I couldn't get it to key up on the, uh, I couldn't find it in the search. So I don't know what happened there, but I've got a whole gigantic Word document on this now. I've been building it. This is real. This stuff's happening. Okay, you can deny it and say, oh, this, this, there's no validity. As we move into wick, more wicked and evil and wicked times, things like this are going to become more and more commonplace. And... Christians are going to be increasingly confronted with these types of things, whether we like it or not. And you better stand on the word of God, and you better have the full armor of God on, and you better be prepared to quote scripture back to these things if you see them. Okay? Or if they confront you. I can't wait for one of these things to come up to me. I really 
want. I I just I just know that's a big reason why I was created is to literally battle evil. And I'm not saying it because I think I'm better or whatever. It's just God's put it in me. I've known ever since I've been a little kid, even before I was saved. Okay, and the thing is, I look at is not oh, I'm going to show everybody how big and bad I am. I want to show everyone how powerful the Lord Jesus Christ is, so that many could get saved, and that the Lord Jesus Christ and Father God would be glorified. That's my motivation, because I look at all these garbage shows on TV. On the paranormal, on the ghost hunters, on the haunting stuff, on all these horror movies. What is always glorified? Satan. Satan's more powerful. Satan's, Satan's this. His, his devils and demons are more powerful. And if you have some witch or shaman or whatever go in and exercise the demon, it's typically on a mutual basis where they're basically saying, oh, you just need to release your burden so you can go toward the light. What, the light of Satan? The light of hellfire? And they present all this garbage of these people that are in like, oh, that's just somebody that died in 1929 and they're just trying to get it right and they've got unfinished business. No, no. You either go to heaven or hell when you die. There's so many lies perpetuated in that thing. And the thing is, is that Christians are always portrayed as the biggest dolt idiots on the planet. And they have no power and... They're usually scared stiff. Most of the pastors they go to in any kind of Christian denomination, other than the Catholic exorcists, um, and they're a lot of times scared out of their mind too, are portrayed as total idiots and morons. And the only one that ever gets any kind of real results are maybe some Catholic priests every once in a while. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it. We're the ones, as born-again Bible-believing Christians, that have the real power over evil. Okay? And Jesus Christ made that very clear. I shall give you power to tread on scorpions and these types of things. And, and I mean, we have that power. Full armor of God. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds. But you have to believe that you have that power. To appropriate that power. Because if you don't believe, that means you have no faith. And faith is one of the most important things. It says, above all, in the armor of God, above all, taking up the shield of faith, wherewith you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. If you have no faith, or if you have very little faith, you've got this tiny little shield. It looks like a dinner plate, you know, in front of you. Or if it's really, really small, maybe it looks like something you put like a, a cup of tea on. You're not going to be able to quench very many fiery darts of the wicked one with that thing. Ask for more faith. If you don't feel like you have it, ask for more faith. Who God will giveth liberally and upbraideth not. I mean, if, if you're not asking, if you're asking in the right way, you know, and again, biblical keys to answer prayer. Key that in, or prayer in the search box at contendingfortruth.com. What's your offensive weapon? Well, there's only one offensive weapon in the full arm of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. You need to literally believe that. Literally. Because we're going to engage evil, a lot of us. I want, I hope, really, I want, I want this so bad because I want to, you know how cool it would be to like post a YouTube video of literally somebody just literally confronting evil and having no fear whatsoever? And then seeing God's hand move 
and all the wicked flee. Now that person would have to do it with the right heart and not get a big head. Because God's not going to use somebody like that. But if you gave all the credit and the glory and everything back to the Lord Jesus Christ and Father God, God can use that person. That's, that's my motivation. I'm sick of this, this garbage about evil being more powerful than good. It's not. It's not. God created the universe. The devil and his demons and all that are subject to, they're all subject to God. They're, they're nothing. They're all going to be wiped out. Their end is the lake of fire. That's how powerful they are. And they know they have but a short time. We just need to get, we need to get proper perspective with this. The children, the black eyed children approach quietly, yet forcefully. They insist on coming inside your house to use the telephone or, or to get a drink of water. Now, there has been, I would say at this point, probably millions of these sightings worldwide. Most of them aren't reported. Most people are so scared out of their mind when they see these things, they don't go up and brag about that. You know? Certain things people are going to be, like people get abducted. Okay? UFO thing? Millions and millions. Three, two to three percent of the population on record. Most people aren't up there blogging about it. You know, I got taken up to the mothership, and it was really fun. They probed me, and they, they, they inserted all these things into my nasal cavity, and they were totally obsessed with my reproductive organs, and all, I mean, who's going to want to brag about that? Two to three percent, though, in private polls say they've had these experiences. Are they all nuts? I don't think so. You want to know more about that key in Grenada? The Grenada Treaty in the keyword search box at ContendingForTruth.com. Hardly anybody talk about that one. <laughs> Go, uh, treaty that our government got into? Yeah. You, know, you might want to read on that. You might want to see a little bit more about that to understand why all these abduction scenarios have happened. So, they insist on coming inside your house to use the telephone or to, or to get a drink of water. For some reason, these children frighten you. And as your hand reaches up to open the door, you see why. Their eyes are black. No iris, no whites, just empty, soulless void. Now, they do have contacts now that can do this, evidently. Okay, But these are kids that like show up in the middle of the night. And let me read this and I'll give you a little bit more on this. Tales of the black-eyed children began appearing on online forums in late, the late 1990s. Okay, So this isn't like going back to the 1930s. This started happening late 1990s. I published my first article on the black-eyed kids in 2008. Now, this is the guy writing the article who's wrote several articles on this. Now, he's not saved, but most people that are, that are um, you know, saved don't want anything to do with this stuff. Or most people, they'll call themselves Christians. They're just, the church is just, it's like they're terrified of this stuff. I don't know, partly the terror's real. Partly, I think they don't want to be labeled. Partly, they just want to think of the devil as old split foot, and they're just going to stomp their head, stomp their, you know, his head in. And the Bible says that although Michael being greater in power, this says this in Jude, Michael being greater in power than us, when contending with the devil for Moses' body, brought not a railing accusation against Satan, but said, the Lord rebuke thee. In other words, we're not supposed to go around making fun of the devil and treating Satan and his devils and demons irreverently like they're stupid, idiotic morons. They're extremely cunning and extremely adept at what they do, and they are very powerful. Doesn't mean that we're supposed to reverence them, but we're not supposed to go around making jokes and, and, and calling them old split foot and, and, and well, not to say we couldn't call them that, but I mean, 
acting like he has no power, and you're going to stomp his head in, and this type of stuff. Just biblically, we're not supposed to do that. I see a lot of Pentecostals do that. A lot of Baptists do that, too. You know? A lot of Baptists do that as well. So, I'm just saying, <laughs> it's talk about, talk about taking your enemy lightly. You know? But it's more comforting to think about him that way. Yeah, he's just all split foot. I'm, I'm just going to stomp him, stomp his head in. He's nothing. Huh. Okay. Anyway, their eyes are black, no iris, no whites, just empty, soulless void. Um, since 2008, he started writing about, um, he said, I published my first article on black eyed kids in 2008. This is just 2008. Four, four years. Since then, I have seen reports of these entities go from rare to common. Telling you, this is reality. Explanations as to what they are include alien human hybrids, demon possessed children, crypto terrestrials. Regardless of their origin, one thing is certain they're terrifying. Okay, so again, um, I read a couple accounts in this newest one because I'm, I'm kind of always reading, trying to get garner more information on these things. And the one, there was a couple outside of a uh, gas station. And the person was observing them and said he noticed something very interesting. The other, it was very, very cold, number one. And that's a lot of times when they will appear. So this is prime time for them to come out. Okay, They'll come to your front door and it might be a little girl, eight years old, wearing a spaghetti strap top and a skirt and a mini skirt, wanting to get in. And you think, oh, this poor child, you know, it's 30 degrees out. It's 20 degrees out. And she's wearing a spaghetti strap top and a mini skirt. I mean, ultimately, your first reaction might be to have compassion. Be very careful who you let in your front door. And that goes with anybody. Why do you think it in these vampire shows that always portray that, that vampires always have to be invited into your house to have, um say, or rule over you. It's because of that reason they have to be invited in. There's a, there is a satanic truth to that. I'm sorry, but that's true. It's just like bringing cursed objects into your house. That's why I say, be careful what you bring in your house. Be careful who you invite in your house. You know, the Bible talks about those that are like heretics. You know, don't invite them in your house. Don't bid them Godspeed. You know, I don't think you should bring Mormons into your house. And what is the Mormons deal about? Ultimately, it's about taking as many people to hell as possible. They would never admit that. I mean, hey, their leader, their leader resides on planet Kola, making everlasting spiritual tabernacles, making little spiritual babies. And they believe that's where they're going to end up if they're a good Mormon. They're going to have their own planes to rule over, making spiritual babies with their spiritual whatever wives on their own planet. I mean, their, their ultimate goal is to take as many people to hell. So we're not really supposed to bid those people Godspeed and bit. Now, it would be one thing to contend with them outside your house. Be, be careful who you invite in your house or what you bring into your house. This is all the more proof of that because these kids are always trying to get inside your house, but they have to be invited in. You have to let them in. And I don't know of one account I've ever read where somebody let one of these things in their house that they lived. But we wouldn't know about it. You understand? There's never been one account that somebody said, well, I invited them out and then they... They started freaking out, and then I busted out the window and got away. I've never read one. I've never read anybody that's ever invited these things in their house and lived. 
Because they're, uh, they would, I guess it's like a death sentence if you invite one of these things in your house. I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm saying that you use the sword of the spirit. You know? I have, I'm sorry, but I don't have any fear of this at all. I want to engage this. I want these entities to understand there are people that walk this planet that are going to confront them and will engage them on the battlefield. The black, the black, um, uh, whatever awakening that I've heard of, they're, they're clamoring to engage us on what they say is the battlefield. I feel the exact same way they do. I honestly, as God is my witness, want to engage evil on the battlefield. However that may manifest, whatever that may be, with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and the full armor of God on, I believe that Christians can defeat evil. I may end up dying, I don't know. I don't know. But I just feel like that's why, I mean, we're not called to be cowards. We're not called to cower in a corner and let, let wickedness take over. That's why I got this ministry. I'm trying to fight evil every single week. I'm not mad at my listeners or anything. I'm just saying, I, I'm very passionate about this. Now, can you imagine if you confronted one of these things? Or let's, let's hey, bring, bring them all on. Bring a stinking gaggle of them on. Give me a hundred. I don't know. The Lord Jesus Christ is perfectly capable of taking care of a horde of these things. And people saw that. And they were like, well, you know what? All the hypocrisy in the church and all this and all that. And then all of a sudden they saw that and they were like, wow. Somebody that's actually willing to back up what he says he believes. And I saw evil vanquished. Do you know how many people could get saved as a result of seeing something like that? That's what I'm all about. That's what I'm thinking about. How many people can get saved from this? How much could God's name be glorified? Because the way it looks right now, it looks like Christians are just little, spineless, inept people that are going to cower in a corner the first time it gets bad. What happens when they really face pure evil like this stuff? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. I'm telling you, it's coming. He observed on a couple of these things. They were standing outside this gas station. He was watching them, and it was really, really cold. And they were both wearing, like, hardly any clothes, okay? And he said when they were talking, there was no breath that was coming out. Like, you know how you breathe and you can see the breath? There was no breath visible at all. They're not, they're like the undead. It's like they're not human. There's something other than that. Oh, now you're really getting off in left field. I'm telling you, we're going to see pure evil. You better be prepared. You better, and if you're not, say, ask God to prepare your heart for what's coming. To me, that's more real than our everyday little lives that we end up living. Why would you say that? Because devils and demons and evil entities are more real than this plane of existence that's kind of like a fairy tale world. In a way, it's not really what's real. It's a battle against good and evil. It's a battle against to see who gets to go to heaven and who goes to hell. That's what's really important. That's what they represent. And let me tell you something. You face evil, and if you show fear, they will feed off your fear. They love fear. 
doesn't matter what it is that you're facing. They, evil loves to see fear in Christians. Loves it. Feeds off it. Makes them get stronger. That's when they'll bow up. That's when they can defeat you. Ask God to take all fear of man away from you and just give you the fear of God. That's the kind of fear we need. We need the fear of God. Bold as a lion. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Another movie coming out. But anyway, before I get off into that, they said that there was no breath coming out of these things. And the cold doesn't affect them at all. And I think the cold is how, the reason they would come out more out in the cold, and always typically in the dark as well, is because you would have more compassion on somebody if they were beating on your door or beating on your window trying to get into your car, which is another thing they commonly do, or get in your house. Because, oh, it's freezing out. It's a little kid. Be careful. Be careful. These things are Satan's seed. And most people have this unbelievably tear that comes over them when they, when they see these things. Which, again, they're going to feed off that. I'm not saying let them in your house. For everybody's stretch of imagination. I'm just saying, you know, don't, definitely don't let them in your house. But, I mean, um, this is something we're going to see more and more of. And so, just some things to think about there. Okay, so. Um, new Nephilim movie coming out. Promoting them as humanity's saviors. Here is a trailer for the new movie called Coming Out, Glorifying the Nephilim. This was sent to me by a listener. Heroic, half-human, half-angel warriors. Huh. Like the Nephilim of Genesis 6? Yeah. Huh. They're called Shadow Hunters. Based on some best-selling book series, so you know they're going to release more than one if they have it the way. It's called The Mortal Instruments, City of Bones. I'll give you the trailer here if you want to watch it. It's about these wonderful half-breed Nephilim that can see these the real bad guy, the real just flat-out demons, and they go and fight them and engage them on various battlefields. Oh, see, because that's our savior, the Nephilim. When they're all on the same team, though, unfortunately. They're just lying to you. All the same team. Another article, the zombie apocalypse, Discovery just put out, a zom- it's a show called Zombie Apocalypse, plays What If with the End Times, with a new special zombie apocalypse show that promotes taking all the steps to prepare for the onslaught of the zombies. It's a whole other deal. I've, I've talked about that at length lately. Um, just I, I give you a link to my website on um, for all the zombie teachings I've done. You can click on that link. I've also on the one I did on the Black Awakening and taking the offensive. Okay, again, don't think I'm saying that because I think I'm Mister Big and Bad. If I, if, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm nothing, 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 and I don't want to be anything apart from Him. Okay, period. I can only do it through the Lord. That's it. Anything good, anything that I would do that that is is of the Lord, I have to do it through Him. Okay, and so. I'm not saying all this because I think I'm Mr. Whatever. I want to strengthen your faith so that you have the boldness and the courage and the faith to believe that, that you can engage evil. I'm not saying we're all called, I mean, we're the body of Christ. Every part of the body has a different function. And, and so some aren't called to, to just like 
just engage pure evil and really want that, you know. But I've sought it out. I've tried to seek these things out. If you don't believe that, key in supernatural in the keyword search box and listen to my testimony. Okay? Not because I think I'm whatever. I'm just saying. That's stuff I've done. Um, Praise the Lord. Through the Lord. So, next report here. Gay Marine proposes to boyfriend at White House. Now, this one will warm your heart. I'm warning you, it will warm the cockles of your heart like nothing I've ever reported on. So I'm warning you. Got a couple pictures here of these two gay guys, gay Marines, um, and they're in front of the Xmas tree, that Saturnalia, uh, sun god Tammuz, birth birth of their sun god Tammuz, Xmas tree. And they, they make just a, a just a, a cute, cute couple. Okay, and I'm just obviously totally being tongue-in-cheek. And then they have the one guy on bended knee proposing to his gay lover in front of the Xmas tree with a presidential seal over there at the White House. I can't think of a more appropriate place to do it. You know, why not? I mean, you know, you couldn't think of a more wicked place. Plus, it's a checkerboard floor, which is also Illuminati. Anyway, U.S. Marine Corps Captain Matthew Phelps made history Saturday at the home of his commander-in-chief, his commander-in-chief, Barack Obama. The 35-year-old active duty officer proposed to his boyfriend, Ben Schrock, 26, in the grand foyer of the White House at the end of the holiday tour. It is believed to be the first time two gay men have gotten engaged inside the White House. Again, a real hallmark moment here. And a first for an active duty member of the U.S. military, a transgendered man proposed to his partner in the East Room earlier this year. So evidently, transgender, so that's somebody that most likely has, uh, was a woman and then got a sex change into a man and then now he's gay, I guess, even though theoretically and technically he's still, he, she's still a woman. Even if he's got the plumbing change through the old whatever surgeries they get. I mean, we're talking, you know, God is not the author of confusion. This is just wicked, evil garbage. Satanic to the core. And it's being glorified. The Bible says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. So, uh, a tra- uh, our first date was was in the White House, so I wanted to propose to him there. Phelps told ABC News. Phelps said in his public engagement, made possible in part because of the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. But he noted that there could be a rocky road ahead for their relationship after the nuptials plan for next spring. Oh no, well what could it be? I mean, you know, these gays, they're worse than alley cats. They give alley cats a bad name. I mean, their their life is nothing but a stinking sewer. You talk about you talk about cheating, backstabbing a bunch of devils. Their average lifespan is like fifteen now. It's like you know, it's only like twenty five years less than an average person. I wonder if that has anything to do with the Bible talking about live, the wicked not living out half their days and stuff like that, and how they're going to have reduced lifespan. Nah, I'm sure it doesn't relate to that at all. It says that in Proverbs. Anyway, so he goes on to say the one thing that is overshadowing things he said, is the fact that the Defense of Marriage Act is still in effect. And the DOD, the Department of Defense, isn't going to recognize our marriage. He says, I'm expecting to get orders to Japan next summer, but as of right now, because they're not going to recognize Ben as my spouse, 
They're not going to pay for him to accompany me. He's not going to have any health care cover. He's not going to have Obamacare, I guess. And he's not going to have access to the base while I'm gone, he said. The Supreme Court will later this year review the constitutionality of the Defense of Marriage Act. Oh, you better believe that's going down. Which defies, defines marriage for federal purposes as between one man and one woman. Okay, so Taylor just informed me. Taylor's an absolute history beyond buff whiz. It's, it's scary, okay? It's scary with her in history. Um, she said that they're going to use the Ninth Amendment. She says that the gays are going to most likely use the Ninth Amendment. Uh, or they're, they're, that's how, from a Bill of Rights Constitution standpoint, they're going to use to destroy this Defense of Marriage Act. Um, the Ninth, Ninth Amendment is the enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. So what you're saying is, what What does that basically mean? Because this is legalese to me. Just say it. That basically we have rights that aren't written down. That basically we have rights that aren't written down. And they're gonna, it's going to be like, this is an unalienable right that us gays have, and you Christians don't have any rights because it infringes on our rights. So, you know, you can all go to, you know, wherever, and us gays need to have preferential treatment over a lifestyle choice that we choose to engage in. Man with man, woman with woman, okay? That is unnatural. A crime against nature was always defined as that. But that right's going to supersede and override any rights you think you might have. That's basically what they're saying here. And I could see how, yes, they would use the Ninth Amendment to probably do that. Okay, so I have some Bible verses for um, the these U.S. Marine uh, Corps Captain Matthew Phillips and... Uh, Good old Ben Schrock here, these two gay lover dudes that are going to get married. It got just got. I have some Bible verses for you. You might want to read at your nuptials, your 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 disgusting, vile, sick, twisted um, marriage to Satan ceremony because God's sure not going to ordain it. <laughs> the Bible says, "What God hath joined together, let not man put asunder." Meaning, God's the only one that can join a man and a woman lawfully in marriage, okay? He's never going to join a man with a man. That's not going to happen. The Bible's very clear. I mean, the Bible says, and I just read these verses, Romans 1, 26 and 28. This, is, this would be my, if I could go up there and give the toast for the wedding, okay? This is what I would say. Let's, let's all you gay guys turn to Romans 1, 26 and 28, okay? For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use, which is against nature, and the lesbians aren't going to like that. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. Hopefully that would get them all happy and wonderful. And receiving in themselves that recompense of air which was meat, meaning which was proper or fit. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things which are not convenient. And again, that word means proper, convenient. Then skipping to verse 132. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. 
you couple of sick, twisted, Marine Corps devils. How do you think that toast would go over? I don't know. I'm kicking it around. You know, I haven't been invited yet, but you know, I'm thinking if they do, I want to have, I want to have this already. And then I'll segue into Leviticus 20:13, where I'll say, if a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. What do you think? I mean, I don't know. I think I'd be a good toastmaster at gay, at gay weddings. I mean, I just, you know, just kind of quote the word of God. Although the Queen James Bible that just came out, I'm sure has eliminated these verses or totally twisted them to the point where, you know, they mean the exact opposite. Because, hey, anything goes now, pretty much, right? Now, see my teaching on gays, transgendered, and genetic manipulation exposed. In fact, if you just key in gays or gay in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, you'll see how politically correct I am, you know. So anyway, let's go forward. Blasphemous Church. This is a church billboard in New Zealand claiming Jesus is gay. Church billboard. The St. Matthews in the church. Now there's a link. I don't know if it's to their website. So you can, yeah, yeah, I think it's to their website. I wanted to make sure that if anybody wanted to go up there and, and, you know, thank them and and, uh, (laughs) rebuke them actually. St. Matthews in the church in Atoria, New Zealand, uses extremely controversial tactics in its advertisement. And hey, churches need to advertise. I mean, that's in the Bible. You know, the apostles had billboards all over the place advertising them so they could, you know, get big crowds and and have more money and and build gigantic churches. Oh no, they didn't do any of that. Yeah, But no, that's commonplace now. Anyway, this year's billboard depicts the baby Jesus in his crib surrounded by a halo of rainbow colors. I didn't even put this in my teaching. There's some things I'll post pictures of. This I won't post a picture of. But you can click on the link if you want to see it. It depicts baby Jesus in his crib surrounded by a halo of the gay rainbow colors. Okay, halo. You know what that is? That's an Egyptian sun disc. That's evil. When you see it around angels or whoever they want to portray as angels, that's evil. Just so you know. The billboard reads, also, female angels, evil. Sorry, not being prejudiced. Key and angels in the keyword search box. Did a whole study on it. The Bible does mention female angels in one place. And it's not good. Real, real bad. Okay? So anyway, but a lot of people are obsessed with those. Oh, now you're being prejudiced. No, I'm not. I'm being biblical. Sorry. So the billboard reads, quote, it's Christmas, Christ Mass. Okay? It's time for Jesus to come out. End of quote. Like to come out of the closet like a gay person does. These And it's a baby Jesus too. Even worse. You sick, sick devils from the pits of hell. I, I just, I can't, I just really pray that God's judgment come on these devils. How could, I mean, all they're going to do is take people to hell. This irreverent, blasphemous, no fear of God stuff. I, I just pray for the day it ends. I really do. I'm so sick of this irreverence toward the Lord Jesus Christ, toward Father God. The reverend, oh, of course, they're always a reverend, you know, even though the Bible only refers to God as reverend one time in the Bible, and it says holy and reverend as he, key and reverend in the search box at contendingfortruth.com if you want to know more about that. The reverend Glenn Cardi said the sign was about trying to lift The humanity of Jesus. Oh, I'm so glad you're doing Jesus such a great favor by portraying baby Jesus as queer. 
you sick, twisted devil. This year, we invited discussion and debate on the sexual orientation of Jesus, said St. Matthew's clergy, Reverend Glenn Cardi and Reverend Clay Nelson, said in a statement published on the church's website. How about God consume you both in a pillar of fire in the sight of all men? Maybe that would put some fear of God into your congregation and into those that would embrace such wicked, evil garbage. That's what they deserve. I just, I got no, I got no use for this. I mean, I, I, I there's certain things that are just, hmm. One thing if they're saying about me, it's another thing you said about my Savior. Oh, oh man. Mm, boy, do they need God's judgment. Jude 3, 4. Here, here's my Bible verses to these two reverends. Here's my Bible verses. Thus saith the Lord, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men that crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men, turning the grace of our Lord God into lasciviousness, meaning like, licentiousness, sin, excess, and denying the only Lord God in our Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly what they just did. Ungodly men who were before ordained of this condemnation, who are turning the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into this wicked, corrupt lasciviousness, and in the process denying the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Because if that's not denying the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't know what is. Portraying him as gay in the crib. Jeremiah 48.10 says to you, reverends, Cursed be he that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. You think you're doing God's work? No. Cursed be you that doeth the work of the Lord deceitfully. What does Titus 1.15b and 16 say? Unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. Not even Jesus Christ. That just shows how defiled and unbelieving these two devil reprobates from the pits of hell are. Under them that are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. Talk about having no conscience. Talk about having your conscience seared with a hot iron, as the Bible talks about. Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 1 Timothy 4.1 Well, if they're not an example of that, I don't know what is. They profess that they know God. Exactly. Well, we're reverence. We know God. But in works, they deny him. Like the work of putting up a billboard of a, of a gay baby Jesus. The, the year before that, they had, a, they had a picture of Mary looking at a pregnancy test, and it was positive, and she had this look of conflict on her face. Like she got pregnant, you know, and had Jesus. Yeah. And then they had another one. I can't even repeat it was so evil. It was just totally inappropriate. It was, it, I, I can't even repeat what it was. It's up on the link there if you want to see. It's just, it's absolutely disgusting. Perverted. Okay? In a sexual manner. Okay? The, the fact that God has struck these people dead, it's just unbelievable to me. I'm not telling God what to do. I'm just saying, oh, wow. I mean, you talk about... Mm, Pure, 
unmitigated evil. No fear of God. They profess they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. 2 Corinthians 11, 13-15 For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ, and no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. That's your future, reverends. And then the lake of fire. To whom the midst of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh. Oh, a gay guy sees that and says, Hey, I like this church. Jesus gay. Jesus coming out. All this irreverence. I like it. They're alluring their sick, disgusting congregation through the lusts of the flesh. Through much wantonness, those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. That's the Bible's warning us. If you're clean, don't go into a corrupted church. Why? While they, because of this, while they promise them liberty, oh, I'm sure those reverends promise them real liberty in Christ. Liberty to do whatever you want. Come as you are. Be whatever you want to do. If you want to be a transsexual person that, that, you know, whatever, does the most evil, wicked things behind you, you want a child sacrifice, we, we accept you as you are. As long as you bring the money, you know, because we got to have the, the collection plate getting filled up every week because, you know, we got to make our cash flow. Anyway, um, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of a man, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought into bondage. You get, you let one of these devils overcome you, you will be brought into bondage, and you won't even know it's happening, because you can't see devils. Unless your third eye's open, which isn't a good thing. Anyway. So let's go forward. I'm gonna run over on this teaching, and I apologize for that, but I can't see starting another teaching for the little amount I have left. The blasphemous Queen James gay-centric Bible just came out. Listener comment to me. And this is from a MSN. The link I give you is from msn.com. When the word speaks of the last days as the Sodom and Gomorrah, actually the, what the Bible says is as in the days of Lot, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. It also says as it was in the days of Noah. Okay, Days of Lot, what were going on in Lot's day? Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay. Noah, what was going on that day? Fallen, fallen angels coming down, procreating with women, creating a class of Nephilim, half angel, half, which is what we ju- just were talking about. All of that we should be expecting. Yet the church kind of mostly silent on that issue. Not all, but most. Anyway, um, when the word speaks of the last days as the Sodom and Gomorrah, I had no idea that things would get this out of hand. Controversial verses in this gay-centric Queen James Bible are tweaked. To prevent homophobic interpretations. Sickening, huh? So here's a picture of it. It's got a rainbow gay cross on the Bible, on the front, on a white Bible. I'm not going to even, I shouldn't call it a Bible, it's an abomination. This is the new Queen James Bible, offers gay-friendly scripture. Have you heard about the new gay-friendly Bible? It features a rainbow-colored cross on its cover and is called, wait, the Queen James Version. 
You know, obviously a play off the King James Version. According to its editors, King James I, the man behind the popular Bible translation, was a bisexual known amongst friends and courtiers as Queen James because of his many gay lovers. This new version named in his honor aims to prevent homophobic interpretations with several controversial verses strategically tweaked. We wanted to make a book filled with the words of God that nobody could use to incorrectly condemn God's lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgendered creation and children. The editors explain these blasphemous devils from the pits of hell. You know what? Let's let's face this whole King James being gay thing. Let's face it head on. Because that's another thing I'm really sick of hearing is that King James was gay and that therefore the King James Bible is totally corrupted because he was a queer. Why would he have put all or let all those verses in there which totally condemn homosexuality? Okay, he had multiple genius translators that worked on this version from 1604 to 1611. Okay, seven years of translation. Okay, meticulously translated. Why would he let all of them have those verses in if he was a queer? It doesn't make any sense at all. Okay? So, here we go. Defended. This is a whole book written on the subject. Defended. King James, um, the uh, 6th of Scotland and the 1st of England, unjustly accused. Now, you can buy this book. I give you the information on that at the end of this thing. It's a book written by Stephen Coaston Sr., um, it's called, and the first part is the monarch, the myth, and, and his maligners. You've heard James critics now read the truth. Fact. King James wrote in his book, Basilicon Doron, that, quote, there are some horrible crimes that you are bound in conscience never to forgive, such as witchcraft, willful murder, incest, and sodomy. There is no recorded objective documentation that King James ever practiced or promoted homosexual sodomy and the historical record only knows of King James' heterosexuality and his condemnation of sodomy. What is the fiction? The fiction is there are a number of recorded statements in which King James justified homosexuality and sodomy. King James was a homosexual monarch. That is a bunch of lies from the pit of hell. Now, being that the King James Bible is the word of God, obviously they want to, they want to attack the, the king that authorized this version. That's why it's called the authorized version. Because King James authorized it after he had this plethora of genius scholars work on the thing for seven years. And then finally in 1611 they released it. The versions we have, or the transliter, I don't know, the, not the version, the, yeah, I guess it is the version that we have, which was tweaked from a linguistic grammatical standpoint, is the 769 version of the King James Bible. Okay, it's a revision. Okay, it's the revision of the 1611. Well, why? Because can you read Old English? I don't think so. Most of us cannot read Old English. Okay, we either have a Cambridge or an Oxford 1769. I advise getting the Cambridge. I advise the Cambridge Pure Edition as the the purest of the King James that are available now. Period. Okay? It's called a PCE edition. They're very hard to find. I got a whole document on that. If you can, King James, I think you'll find that teaching I did on that. Anyway, let's go forward. 
Fact, King James condemned, quote, soft delicacies in a man more than once. Okay, what does that mean? Effeminate. Okay, effeminate. Um, light in the loafers. You know, that whole thing about how gays act, they, you know. All right. Now, some gays don't act that way. Some, some gays, you can't even tell they're gay. You know, I mean, unless the Holy Spirit gives you discernment on that issue. But a lot of them, you know, the, the flamer dudes that are just flagrant and, you know, really, like, it's real obvious, okay? So, King James said, quote, and this is in his writings, but especially askew, meaning stay away from, to be effeminate in your clothes, in perfuming, preening, and such like. And make not a fool of yourself in, in disguising or wearing long your hair or nails, which are but excrements of nature. Guard against the corrupt, leady, and effeminate ones. So he's saying, stay away from these 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 gay dudes. Okay. Now, what he says, he says, don't even wear your hair and nails long. I mean, a guy with long nails—that's pretty creepy. What about the hair? Well, yeah, I got long hair because Jesus did. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Okay. He didn't say that. If he did, why does 1 Corinthians 11.14 says, Doth not even nature itself? In other words, it's common sense. Does not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him? It's a shame unto a man to have long hair. But, next verse, if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. That's your covering as a woman. A lot of women and certain sects of like Baptists and stuff wear coverings when they pray. They literally wear head covering all the time. That's not biblical. Your long hair is given to you for a covering, not some cap you put on. It's it's not. It's 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 plain as day in the Bible. Okay? But I <sighs> Certain certain parts of certain religions, you know, oh, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And they're more godly than you and I'm better than you. Sorry, that's how I see it. I've been there, been in those, been in the whole hardcore Baptist circles and I know how it goes. <laughs> know how it goes. A lot of arrogance, a lot of hypocrisy. Oh, I'm doing this or I'm dressing this one. I'm better than you. I'm, I'm not saying we should dress provocatively and, and, and do stuff like that. And we shouldn't wear tight-fitting clothes and things of this nature. We shouldn't, like... Dress in such a way as to, as to try to cause others to lust after us. But, you know, a lot of stuff that goes on in Christianity is not even Christian. Is what the point I'm trying to make. you got men having long hair, women walking around with head coverings. And the Bible says, it's very clear, for her hair is given for her for a covering. Men aren't supposed to go around with long hair. Well, yeah, but what about that whole Nazarite vow thing? Well, i got a whole, I got a, a whole, uh, I, I've done that before, I think, if you can hair. In the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I did a study on that. I also have a Word doc I can send you. Um, which totally goes into the whole Nazarite vow thing in that. Okay, So, the fiction about this whole thing was James was effeminate and encouraged his favorites to be effeminate. All lies. He just made up bald-faced lies about this guy. The king also condemned female tran- transvestism. By instructing the clergy by royal order and express commandment to inveigh vehemently in their sermons against this faddish practice. Fact. King James wrote to his wife, Queen Anne, quote, I thank God to carry that love and respect unto you, which by the law of God and nature I ought to do to my wife and the mother of my children. 
Yeah, he sounds like a real, real gay guy to me. Okay, for the respect of your honorable birth and descent, I married you, but the love and respect I now bear for you, that ye are my married wife and so partaker of my honor, God is my witness. Signed, your own, James Rex, meaning that was how he signed his name. King James also wrote love poetry to his wife, and in addition to this, James also wrote of his wife Anne, quote, If it were possible for me to love you better than ever I did before, it were my part to do it. After her death, James wrote, she was an excellent wife unto us. She had left us a great longing for her. End of quote. This King James had eight children with his wife, Queen Anne. But he was gay. The facts don't add up. None of his writings, none of the real historical documentation. They just made this garbage up about the guy. Fiction. King James did not love his wife, disliked the institution of marriage, and women in general. Yeah, that would really line up with the last two quotes we just read. All of this and more is documented in the King James VI of Scotland and the First of England, Unjustly Accused. This is the name of the book. Read for yourself the actual facts surrounding the life and the character of King James. Um, the contemporary and modern critics are put into proper perspective, and the real life of this much misunderstood monarch is clearly brought to light. This full-length historical work makes it evident that the facts are at odds with the fiction. Ben Jonson's comment made in James's own time are timely and applicable even today. And he said, this Ben Jonson guy said, quote, And there must go much more to the make of a guilty man than just rumor. Which is all we have with King James. Just rumor. Okay? The court is now in session. Read for yourself what has been hidden on the shelves of libraries around the world and will now which will travel through the reaches of time to vanquish ignorance and the repression of the godly character of one of the most famous and learned princes of the world, King James. So, again, it's a 392-page book, highly documented, um, you know, book about this one specific subject. Now, there's a whole website devoted to this at BibleBelievers.com. I give you the link here. They've got whole pages on King James. You could just, there's just tons and tons of links you can click on to see his own writings. Not stuff that's rumor or made up. It's all his own writings. It's about different things. It's a whole web page of multiple links on this subject. Totally confirming what we just said. Okay? So I just thought that that was appropriate to bring that in now with now the new release of the Queen James Bible. Because what they're going to do with that is say, hey, look, he was just some some gay guy and he was just in the closet the whole time and now we're going to come out with the Queen James and this is what really he would have liked to have said, which is just lies. So I can see that one coming from a mile away. So that's all I have for today. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. This was a 20-page... Uh, well, it's going to be 21 pages after I add the table of contents in. So, um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and all you've given us, for your goodness, your mercy, your truth, Lord God, uh, that you've let us come together another time to examine your word, and current events, how they relate to the end times. I pray that you, you bless, Lord God, my listeners and the body of Christ. I pray that you would use us mightily for your glory, that many souls would be saved through us, Lord. If there's any listening to this to this day and they're not saved, that they go to contendingfortruth.com and click on the salvation tab, Lord. I pray to God that you save their souls. For us your will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. And I pray for your protective hand over the body of Christ, that you 
Lord God, guide us and direct us. Give us courage to face whatever is coming. I pray for your divine foreknowledge. If evil is upon us and on the way, that if you need to move us in ever whatever way, shape, or form, if we need to do something, you need to move us, if we need to go somewhere, Lord, that we just have that divine foreknowledge, Lord. Um, and we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.